Welcome to the Beyond Deadlines podcast, where we tackle challenges that planning and schedule leaders come across on a day-to-day basis. My name is Greg Lawton, and I'm the CEO of an AI management company called Nodes and Links. I'm Micah Pipo, a scheduling and planning manager for Intel. Each podcast is designed to give you strategies and tactics that you can implement right away. And today, I'm in the hot seat because just before this this podcast recording, uh, Micah started uh, grilling me on the different policies and procedures of how people actually get promoted in organizations and we're throwing both back and forth some ideas. So Micah decided that today is my turn to get grilled. So Micah, I'll hand over the mic to you. We haven't prepped this, so I hope I can uh, hold my own. Yeah, well, let's start as a the first promotion. And mm-hmm. we'll go through a series of promotions. So, and I'm going to cut you off if you start to ramble because people want to know this information quickly and succinctly. Mm-hmm. And we're also short on time. So you are a junior scheduler. You've been working for a couple of years. You're going for that first promotion. How do you go about doing it? Okay. Um, I'm going to cut straight to the heart of that. Number one, in general, businesses move people into positions they need. They do not create positions for people. So there needs to be a business requirement to have a scheduler at a higher grade. If there isn't, you may, you may think, okay, well, I'll go the other route. As a junior scheduler, the chances are you're not that valuable to the organization in totality so that you know you threatening to leave is probably not going to do much at this stage wouldn't recommend no but what you what you would fundamentally have to do is to show the company that they do require a higher value scheduler and then place yourself in the position what most what i see most people do for this is they end up doing the job of a higher value scheduler they then classify it and say, yes, I'm doing all of these things for you and you see value in it. So it's almost a realization of, oh, we've been getting an amazing deal. We've actually needed a senior scheduler, got you, but been paying junior prices. And then obviously that, at that point, you're like, look, let, let's level this out. The simplest promotion path of all is when HR publishes, there is a more senior job up for offer and you go and compete to get it. Absolutely. What about when there isn't a um, position posted? What are just some quick tips and tricks and tactics to go in and ask your boss for that, that next job? Well, there's, there's, there's two, two things here and it's framing. One is framing yourself and one is framing the company. Um, framing yourself is going in and asking for a mentoring meeting. So you can, you can go and talk and say, I love scheduling. I want to progress in my skill set and my career. I want to increase my earnings capacity. I've got family and ambitions. No one's going to shoot me down for that. I want to do this. Could you help me establish the levels and the gradings of what I'd need to do to get the skill sets for the next position? Now, asking what you need to do and asking if they have that position are two different things. And you'd have to kind of guide them away and say, oh, we don't have that. But I know you don't have it today, 
but I still want to understand what I need to do in case it comes up in the future. So that's one element. The second element is, you know, a business case justification where you'd need to say, so I've been, I've been seeing that we're getting a lot more complex scheduling work through. And I see that scheduling has a disproportionate impact on the success of our projects and our business and our profit. What is, what is the company's plan for investing in what seems to be a business critical function? And it seems strange to me that there are mostly junior people in these roles where we should be trying to push those people into more senior. What's your thoughts on that? And I'd, I'd kind of, it's almost the, this is how I'm understanding the world. It might be a realization to have it said to you in this way. What's your view? And you might, you know, get them thinking. Now they might go, well, actually we have a planning place for this and let me explain it to you. Or they'll be like, I've, do you know what? I haven't actually had time to think about this. Crap. I have. Right. That's a very, very good point. Uh, and then you've got them off the cuff and you can have a conversation with them there. Pro tip. Obviously. Go on. Interjection. Pro tip interjection for junior to senior scheduler. And this even helps beyond, but I think it becomes a little bit less relevant. Create yourself a promo packet. A promo packet is a collection of stuff you've done that provides your manager, senior manager, whoever's making this decision, a succinct overview of how you're operating at your current level and things you've done to operate at that next level. That way, this isn't 100% verbal uh, conversation. And then in addition to that, you can use this packet for your resume if you need to go external to apply to a new job. Let me, let me let you into a secret as well. The business case of promotion is to save the company money. It saves a company money on opportunity cost to take you out of a junior position and put you into a more senior one and backfill the junior because they're still going to have to hire than it does to hire a new senior person in. Why? Because you already know the policies, the procedures, the culture, and the people in the company. So your ramp time will be shorter than a person brought in. So like, let's look at it in the clear light of day. Jobs are created to earn the business money to generate value. So you need to justify a job being created. And the reason for promoting internally is cost saving. So it is in their interest to promote you if you fit the role, so long as they're not trying to do other things such as bring in external viewpoints, which they normally do at more senior positions. Yeah, I completely agree. There's also the cost of actually hiring someone, which is actually pretty crazy for it, all the people's time it takes to interview them, all the time it takes for the bring candidates in, and then to, to do that ramp. Switching gears use a little a, bit. Use a headhunter, you're looking at 10 to 15% of the yearly salary of a person to try and hire someone in externally. That's how yeah. much money you're saving them. Oh yeah. So now we kind of transition from junior to senior, and now you want to go from a senior scheduler or a senior planner or a senior project manager into management. What does mm -hmm. that promotion process look like? Well, here, here your, your options open uh, a little bit more. Because fundamentally, you've got two options. You can go 
management in the company or management consultant. Management consultant are people who have very, very precise skill sets that um, can be in management or can be in, for example, detailed scheduling, like forensic schedulers are normally management consultants. And then one company may, may not have the capacity to hire someone at that grade full time, but five companies will. So you can go that direction, which is either starting your own consultancy or, or getting hired by another or internally. This is really where people think politics come into play. And yes, it does. But what is coming in, into play is organizational fit. So it is less important. Do you have the skill sets to go into management rather than as opposed to Will you provide a net positive in the environment that you are going to be placed in? So are you going to be able to align yourselves with the processes, systems, tools, and people of your new higher level? And are you going to be able to reflect the culture of the organization downwards? Now, when you put that aside, because this is, this is kind of, you know, in the first one, junior to a more senior one, that's going to be much more based on skill sets of scheduling. Going into management is going to be skill sets of management. This is what I'm starting to describe here. The process, though, is still the same. There's still going to need to be a business requirement for that manager to exist. If there isn't a business requirement, you're going to have to justify it. Once there's a business requirement, you're then going to have to apply for it and compete against other people in achieving that position. That's the long that's the long and short of it. All the way up to the CEO, that process exists. There needs to be a justification that the CEO role exists. And then there's a competition. And normally this competition is very, very expensive. Headhunters go and find other CEOs from other company and ask them to apply for a job. The same process goes all the way from junior all the way to a CEO of an organization. There are ways to create that role mm -hmm. or create the perception that that role is needed in your construction project, construction management type groups, and even in any other group, you'll have a boss and you'll have boss will have employees at a certain point in time. If your organization is growing, the boss gets too many employees. The issue with that is now her time is spread across her employees and that actually becomes a problem for her. So if an organization started out with two, three schedulers mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's six, that's where if you're sitting in your chair thinking about strategically how you're going to position yourself as that growth starts to happen, you can go to your boss. Ah, isn't it getting challenging to manage all of these people? Wouldn't it be easier if, we had a single point of contact and directional you know, strategic uh, vision going across it. And you can start to kind of get your toe in the door, I've noticed, and help push that conversation. But you have to be aware that that's going on in the background. And that's where I would say one of several things that senior schedulers get stuck on is they're solely focused on the technical. You know, they, they master P6 mm -hmm. scheduling and then they want to go build dashboards and then they want to go just give me data, give me process. I will be the best scheduler ever. And they're missing that game that's being played 
at the organization level where people are being hired. Well, this boss can't manage six schedulers. There needs to be a schedule manager. How can you slide into that position and best put yourself ready for that competition? I totally agree. I just think because we're being quick on this episode, I'll just give you five rules of management here because management is a profession in itself. Being a schedule, being a manager of schedule schedulers simply means that you understand the requirements of scheduling, but you, you are fundamentally a manager. In that regard, it is sometimes easier to hire a good manager and teach them scheduling than it is to hire a scheduler and promote them to management because scheduling is about detailed knowledge of the tasks of, of scheduling and the construction, management is about the knowledge of people. So here's five. Number one, the span of control of a manager stops at about six to eight. People can't properly manage more than six to eight people directly. It's too much. So if you see a team growing past that, they'll need some kind of manager. Number two, the whole point of a manager is to increase the productivity of the team. The, the business case is this. I have five people. I can hire a six. So I have five units of work. If I hire a six, I get six units of work. What if I hired a manager? Well, hiring a manager, if I manage to increase the productivity of those five people by more than 20%, the manager is better because I get more output. So that's number two. Number three, management is about three things. It is about... Um, People, processes, and purpose. Purpose is objectives, key results, measurables, smart deliverables, etc. Packages of work. People is actually about um, team structuring, writing role profiles, interviewing, hiring, bringing on board, and then going through the, the cycle of giving them objectives, uh, setting up uh, procedures for measuring those, training them, coaching them, performance managing them, etc. And then the third, which is processes, is cycle cycle times, monthly reviews, standards of work expectations, these kinds of things. And there's there's lists under this which you can kind of just tick off. Uh, the fourth element is anybody can learn this. Anybody can learn good management, not leadership. Leadership is something different. Management of, of people. And number five, businesses break if they don't have good managers. So making the business case for a good manager, if the span of control is getting to like eight or 10, is really easy compared to making the business case for a more technical role. Like people who have built companies will just go, crap, I've got too many people and not enough guidance. Well, there you Off go, the folks. the top of my head, those are five points. The five key, I, it kind of was more like eight points because you broke down people, processes, and purpose, you know, so. Well, I explained them, I'm going to call yeah. it like, I'm going to call it like six and a half points, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, to, to me, to sum up the conversation, if you're looking to make that sort of growth, if you're looking to continue on, to me, you have to open up your purview. You have to open up your vision and start looking at things a little bit differently other than just, I am a scheduler. This is how I schedule. I'm a planner. This is how I plan. You need to open those up and realize there is a corporate game being played around you. There are different sorts of mechanisms to get promoted, and you're going to have to work yourself to position it. 
because like Greg said earlier in the show, in most cases, people aren't going to just give you a job. You're going to have to go out there and get that job. I would finally add to this about how I would, if I was coaching or mentoring someone in this, how I would heavily challenge them on thinking. So if someone came to me and said, I'm a scheduler, I want to earn three times as much. I'm like, cool. Do you want to be a scheduler or do you want to earn three times as much? Which one is it? Yeah. And then if they said, look, I, I want to earn three times as much, but my skill set is a scheduler. I'm like, okay, right. So you're, the schedule is the tools I've got to work with to help you get three times as much. But if the goal is earning three times as much, let's cut the shit. The goal is money. So what are you on now? If they said, okay, well, I'm on 80K now. I go, right, three times that is 20, 240. Cool. Go and find me all of the jobs in your company that they're paying 240 for. Go to HR. Hey, I'd like, I've got an aspiration to earn 240. What role's kind of paying in that banding? They'll come back with all these jobs. Now, obviously, the ones you've currently got the skill sets for are scheduling. So if there's a scheduling job that pays 240, awesome. We're in a winner. If there isn't, if it's things like project controls director or it's things like commercial director or something, then I'd be sitting you down and going, Right, well, we need to get you some more skill sets because you ain't going to triple it with the skill sets you have. In America, you can quite easily get above 200 in good scheduling roles. So I'd be like, cool, that's where we're going. And I'd, you know, I'd be sitting down with that job description, breaking it down into all of the capabilities that you have to show. So a capability is the ability to do something and the evidence to show that you have done it. I'd be breaking all of that down and it'd be a tick list. I'd be like, have you led multidisciplinary teams across geographies? No. Right. How do you do it in the next two months? Like, I don't give a shit that it was some charity event and you were putting on a car wash. I care that I can tick a box saying I ran multidisciplinary teams across yep. multiple geographies. And shout out to Micah's promo packet where... If you take Greg's approach now and you apply that you're actually saving the things you do over time and creating them into short snippets based on evidence, when you actually do go to cross that barrier, you're sliding a piece of paper across the table, not going back six months trying to remember what the heck you did at that charity event. The game of promotion is the game of promotion. It is not the game of working. They are two different things. And if people think yeah. working is the same as promotion, well... To be honest, just look to the person who's been in the same job for 20 years and then look at the person who's switching jobs every 18 months. They're 30 years old and they're on 200K a year. The game is promotion, not the work. Now, if you're amazing at the work, is it right that you get promoted? Yes, but only if you're also good at the game of promotion. So I think this is a, you know, this is a reality check that I tell people that I mentor sometimes is, you know, if you're not getting promoted, it means you suck at the game of promotion. Let's be very clear at this. You suck. But here's Hot the thing. Take. The game of promotion is a game. It's skills. You can learn it and get better. When I was born, I was crap at all games. I couldn't walk. I hadn't learned to walk yet. And then I learned to. So we've all done it. So I'd be like, if you want to get good at promotion, here you go. I'd be like, set your objectives, do this, go through Micah's packet, et cetera, and just start practicing. 
Yeah, I don't believe that. I think you came out of the womb uh, deadlifting 550 and and running startups, and it was really awkward. You had that full beard too. <laughs> Your mom's like, "What did I just give birth to?" No, according according to my mom, what I'd like to do is I like to run out into the garden when I didn't have a nappy on, squat and poo on the flowers is what I like to do apparently <laughs> as a kid. So yeah, I've a come nappy from there for, to here, so... for those as a diaper. Yeah. Yeah. He, Greg is still doing that, folks. He just hasn't given up that habit. That's his favorite pastime. He just finds a nice bush. So watch out when you go to... He blames that he has a dog. He bought a dog just to facilitate that habit. All right, folks, yeah. on that note, we are going to wrap this show up. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn and we have an email newsletter. But if you like what you're hearing, please share with your friends. We'd love to grow this community, grow this network. The more people we can add on, the easier it becomes for us and the more ideas we get back from you. So if you have any ideas on future shows or content you would like to see or hear from us, please do share. With that, have a great week and we'll see you next time.